in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat with all of you tonight as it is 9 p.m. on day one of free agency. Lots of stuff has happened, lots of stuff that we get to talk about, Uh, but everybody keep your eyes on Twitter just in case. I just saw that the Monte Morris trade to the Detroit Pistons just came through. So keep your eyes on Twitter for me just in case so I don't miss anything that we have to talk about live. Uh, But we are here and we are ready to talk about how the Denver Nuggets have officially lost Bruce Brown. Sad day. Sad day for everybody. There's other stuff that we're going to talk about as well, but this is the main focus of this podcast that and just sort of where things are going to go from here. So lots of stuff to talk about. I hope everybody is having a good night. Uh, did a lot of general prep for this pod, but also just watching Twitter along with everybody else, making sure that everybody knows what is going down. And, and I'm as, as prepared as anybody to be able to talk about this stuff. But there is a lot to discuss nationally. There's a lot to discuss for the Nuggets. Uh, but we should start with this, and, and we're going to start with this. We're going to get to Denver's other free agency signings immediately after, and that's where we're going to go, and then we'll talk about the national stuff after that. Bruce Brown. I had predicted on this podcast last night that he would go to the Indiana Pacers. I predicted that because the only reason that Bruce would leave the Nuggets is for money, is for the actual value that somebody is giving to him. Uh, and that that's the actual reason why. I didn't think that the Houston Rockets would offer the money to him. I thought they, they, they're going to take a meeting. We'll see what happens with them. But they were saving their powder for Fred Van Vliet, potentially for Brooke Lopez. We'll, we'll talk about those guys in a bit. Uh, but I thought that the Indiana Pacers were going to go hard after Bruce Brown. Not sure why they wanted to specifically. I mean, I can I can give you my reasoning and can give you my estimations of what's going down, but that was something that had been talked about for a lot of this last week, and it ultimately came to pass as Bruce Brown goes to the Indiana Pacers for two years, $45 million. It later came out, and this is actually kind of curious to me, that there's a team option on that second year. So you're going to go... I assume $22.5 million on both years, first year and second year. And then Indiana gets the choices to bring him back in year two. And whether they, they actually do that or not remains to be seen. I, I do think that the main number to really focus on is not the 45. It's the 22 and a half or so that he's going to be guaranteed in the first year. That was three times more than what the Nuggets could guarantee. And that to me makes it a big deal. Like that was always going to be a problem for Denver. They just could not get to the number that I'm sure Bruce Brown would have wanted. They could not get to the number that it really was earned to actually like say, hey, Bruce, please come back here. We'd love to have you. We'd love to keep you. There's nothing wrong with Denver for that. Like I, nobody can blame the Nuggets and nobody can blame Bruce Brown. Like neither party is at fault here. This was a faulty system. This was the, the reason why. The Nuggets are not able to keep their championship together, their championship group together, is because of the system. It is not because of anything that Denver did. Uh, Technically, they could have freed up some cap space. They could have freed up some money to try to pay them the non-taxpayer MLE. But the fact is, is that because the rule is in place for the non-Berg rights stuff, that was the reason why they couldn't pay him any more than the $7.7 million that they absolutely offered. So we'll talk about... That's I mean, there's there's plenty of things to kind of go over there, but yeah, that's the reason. Like Bruce's was gone for the money. Like he had made less than fifteen million dollars in his career earnings, getting a guaranteed doubling of that and then some in this next year is fantastic. And the great thing about Bruce is that as long as he continues to provide utility, he should continue to. Uh, be back out on the market, get more contracts like this. He's probably going to live as a fifth starter, six-man type for the majority of his prime. He doesn't really profile as more than that, and that's fine. But this was absolutely the maximum payroll, uh, the maximum payout he was going to get. And he wanted to capitalize on that. And I don't think anybody blames him for that. Like, 
his game is so based off of athleticism, and it's so based on his ability to be the athletic freak that he is, whether it's bullying people on defense and switching and being strong and jumping and dunking, or if it's getting out in transition and running and being a threat, or if it's, I don't know, like actually being able to slash to the rim and, and, and cut and do all the things that he does from the dunker spot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you could point to with Bruce where his game is not going to age gracefully, where there is always a chance for him to sustain an injury. And so for him to take Denver's deal at $7.7 million and say, yeah, I'm going to take a risk here and then hopefully get paid out after that, that was never really in the cards. And then or it was, and, and he really wanted it to be in the cards. I think he really liked it here. But he really likes 20 plus million dollars more. And frankly, I don't think anybody here can blame him. I don't think anybody's actually mad. I think people are a little bit disappointed based off of what the Nuggets did after he was gone. But what I do think in general is that Bruce took care of himself and the Nuggets took care of Bruce. They put him into a situation where he could make a ton of money. And he did. And he got this cash. He got this deal. And I hope that other free agents are paying attention. It doesn't feel like they were paying attention this year for whatever reason. Uh, Denver didn't exactly get a nice discount to be able to come to Denver for whatever reason to play with Nikola Jokic. But that's a that's another thing. That's another thing that we'll have to talk about going forward. Um, here's the ramifications for Denver. I think the Nuggets are going to be okay, especially during the regular season. I am not as worried about Bruce Brown from the perspective of, oh, he needs to be like brought back for Denver's regular season purposes. I think that there's enough that Denver can piece together with Reggie Jackson now. We'll talk about him in just a bit. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, guys like that. There's enough there. And then even Jalen Pickett and Julian Strother and guys like that. There is enough there that they're going to be fine from a regular season perspective because the secret truth of it is that during the regular season, the Nuggets didn't get a lot from Bruce Brown from a impact standpoint. He actually wasn't like a top 100, top 125 most impactful player in the league or anything like that during the regular season specifically. He was more of a product of Denver's system, more of a product of the attention that Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, guys like that, more of a product product of what those guys were doing from a starting standpoint. If you think back to my two-man net rating charts, and this is where analytics and things like that, people that don't want to listen to that, I understand. I get it. The actual impact that Bruce Brown had in those bench lineups was negative. It was not positive. He struggled throughout the regular season to establish a role with Denver's team. And that's going to be something that Denver can replace or at least piece together. I think that Denver starters have a chance to be even better next season uh, as Jamal Murray is back and healthier, as Michael Porter continues to improve, as they continue to gain chemistry with their group. Like, There's no reason why they, that group can't be better. I think that the bench will probably be just as bad, if not worse. But I think they're still going to be okay. Because if you look around at the rest of the Western Conference, it's not like anybody did anything crazy. I think a couple of teams hit some singles and doubles. But there was nothing crazy other than what the Houston Rockets did in adding Fred Van Vliet. So there's like Denver's going to be okay on that perspective. Reggie Jackson, I think he'll be fine from a regular season perspective. The playoffs, though, are another matter entirely, and that's where we are going to have some question marks. That's where there's going to be some concerns uh, because Bruce Brown stepped up in the playoffs. He was a sixth starter, even more so maybe than the regular season. Actually, he was a sixth starter in both regular season and playoffs. I don't think sixth starter matters as much for the regular season. Because Denver can piece those things together. They can get by with a ninth, 10th, or 11th man in that point. But the most important thing when the playoffs start is to have versatility, is to have as few weaknesses as possible, 
and it's to know your guys and which players you're willing to go to war with. And for Denver, Bruce Brown was absolutely a part of that group. And then ultimately, Jeff Green and Christian Brown were the two other guys that they trusted. Christian Brown, I believe, is going to be a player that they trust. But if you've ever heard of a sophomore slump before, like it's happened. And there is absolutely a question mark as to whether Christian Brown's improvement is going to be linear or not. Is it going to be straight up? Is it going to be over time? How soon is he ready to be an actual sixth man? I don't know. Is Jeff Green even going to be back? He's not signed yet. I think the Nuggets are trying. I think that that's something that they would hope for. But he's also not this perfect save all that's going to step up into Denver's sixth man role. So that's going to be a question mark too. And then the other guy, Peyton Watson, Reggie Jackson, Denver doesn't have a specific player that fills everything that Bruce Brown does. They've had to piece it together. But the problem is, is that the more pieces that you add to a rotation like that, the more variability and vulnerability you get with those bench groups. And so if Denver has to go to an 8th, ninth, or 10th man in a playoffs going forward, they are more vulnerable than just penciling in Bruce Brown for 30 minutes off the bench. That's just a fact. It's that's That's a problem that they are going to have to solve over the course of this regular season and into the playoffs coming up. So going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I don't think that they're dead in the water by any stretch of the word. I actually think that they're going to be just fine during the regular season. There are certain things like maybe they lose an extra game here or there because Bruce Brown would have filled in for an injured starter, and Denver's going to have to figure that out. I do think that Denver's got a really good, versatile group for the starters. Like, and, and even like if they just have three or four of their starters, including Nikola Jokic, then they are going to be just fine in a regular season capacity. Like, I don't think people realize. There were a lot of games that Vlaco Chanchar started like during, in February, and he started for, I think it was Aaron Gordon. Uh, maybe it might have been for Michael Porter, but it's for one of those guys. KCP had some time where he had to take off. Jamal Murray had some time where he had to take off. Denver's going to be okay, and they still have other guys, namely Christian Brown. And I think Vlaco actually is a secret potential guy here where you could just step up into those roles and be just fine. Obviously, the problem that Denver's going to run into is their top level good enough for a playoff context. Are they? And I don't know. I assume that it is, but this leaves them a lot more vulnerable than they were before. So congrats to Bruce Brown for getting paid. He absolutely deserves it. There's no guy like Denver. They This is what they knew they were getting into, right? They knew that this was absolutely a possibility with Bruce. When you sign him to a one plus one, which is what they did last year, it was like two years, 13 million. And then the taxpayer Emily actually lowered in money that they could actually throw out there. So it actually screwed them up in a lot of different ways this year. Um, they knew that this was a possibility. They knew that Bruce Brown could leave. They knew that this was obviously going to be an issue if he outplayed his contract. And he did. And Denver won a championship. And they would do this again and again and again if you ask them because they won a championship. And Nuggets fans, like, I know it kind of sucks not being able to keep your guy. It makes it a little bit more difficult. It means that Denver has to have other guys that step up and fill that role. They have a couple of young, potential-filled guys that could do that. I don't know if they're ready. We're going to find out if they're ready over the course of this next year. Uh, But we have plenty of time. To evaluate that, there's no doubt. When we come back, we will talk about Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan, two guys that signed with Denver. And one of them was expected. The other was a little bit curious. And I'm going to talk about why in just a second. We'll be right back. But first, everybody, we're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use promo code MILEHIGH, you score up to $250 with our first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. All you got to do is download that Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. 
gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate everybody that's hopping in tonight. If you can, leave a like on the YouTube video. That absolutely helps me out. Helps to share out the program as much as possible. I wanted to be here making sure that everybody got their their takes off. I know that I've seen the chat rolling. I know everybody's talking about it. Uh, Denver made some interesting moves in this free agency period. And you got to start with Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. Um, I was a little bit caught off guard with the way that Denver did this. Not the fact that DeAndre Jordan was their first signing. I actually thought that that would be pretty funny. And my reaction to that, obviously, was perfectly reasonable. That's a a good move for Denver. Everybody needs a 14th man or 15th man that can step up when they need to and can be a leader. And DeAndre, his actual value to the team matched or exceeded what his contract was. And I did not see that until the playoffs. I did not see that until you could see what he was telling everybody. You hear behind the scenes how he's directing traffic in a lot of different ways, uh, whether it's on or off the court. And that is a really, really important piece of this. Uh, that they're, like everybody has to be a part of it. You don't necessarily have to play, but everybody has to be valuable. And DeAndre Jordan proved his worth. So DJ was expected. The taxpayer Emily for Reggie Jackson was curious. I didn't know whether Reggie was going to be retained. I listed four nuggets on my top 25 list for free agents or trades that Denver would uh, be targeting. Bruce Brown was number one. Jeff Green was number five. Reggie Jackson was 18. DeAndre Jordan was 23, I think. Four guys. And Denver's brought back two of them. So we're two for four. Uh, If they were four for four, it would feel a lot different. The problem is is that Denver's two for four. And the way that they brought back Reggie was a little bit different than how I thought they would. And this might be semantics because of the actual money that's out there. And because of the actual players that Denver could have signed. Because if you look around at the rest of the point guard market, there's a lot of guys getting paid. Uh, Derek Rose is really the only one that has had a contract that has come in less than what Reggie Jackson has got. And so that's me. Like I think that Reggie Jackson's a better player than Derek Rose. I think that he's a guy that could play now, and Rose really isn't. That's that's not my impression. So not really a surprise that Reggie Jackson got this money. But for a team like the Nuggets, for a team like Denver that has very little spending power, that has very few bites at the apple, so to speak, I'm surprised that they weren't able to retain Reggie at the ta- at the uh, minimum because his minimum probably would have been about $3 million. Instead, he gets an extra $2 million, and that's fine. The problem is, is that Denver can't then give that extra $2 million or whatever to anybody else to continue to improve the roster. And I look at that as an issue because I kind of subscribe a little bit more to, not a little bit more, I, I think that you need guys that can consistently play and contribute and I at least have some concerns about Reggie as that full-time backup point guard. Now, you talk to different people, and you hear different things, and you see, okay, how valued is Reggie? How valued is Jalen Pickett? How valued is Julian Strother, guys like that, Colin Gillespie? Who are the players that can actually play and contribute backup one minutes right now? Not Julian Strother, obviously. Reggie is somebody that they believe in. He's somebody that they believed in before when they signed him to that buyout market deal. They signed him to a minimum. Uh, That was a nice thing that they were able to do. And it didn't work out from the perspective of actually playing him on the court. He was really bad. Really, really bad in Denver. And I'm not surprised that he was really bad. It's really difficult to come into a team, especially a championship team that has these high expectations. You come in during the middle of the season, or even like latter third of the season, and you are trying to be an impact player. It's really difficult. 
I don't want to undersell that because I think that Reggie Jackson's a better player than what he showed in his time in Denver. The question is, is he's the right fit? And I'm not sure that he was because the player that Denver is hoping to get from Reggie, I don't know if he necessarily plays in the playoffs. And with that taxpayer, Emily, I feel like you need to get somebody who plays. Reggie is a bad defender. Reggie is kind of a space cadet when it comes to the defensive end. He misses assignments. He's not big enough to really impact the defensive glass. He gets switched onto and and people hunt him in isolation and he struggles to defend without fouling. That's not a great recipe for success for the Nuggets. And they now have only two ball handlers, really, if you want to count Jamal and Reggie. Jamal can at least hold up defensively when he tries. Reggie, I'm not sure he can. So if you take him out of that rotation for Denver, then what do you replace him with? Is it a rookie? Probably. Is it Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Jeff Green? Okay, is Peyton Watson going to be your your ball handler off the second unit? Who is going to handle the ball? And I think that that's a major issue. You need somebody that can do both. And I want to be clear. We might wake up tomorrow. I might wake up at, I don't know, 9 o'clock, because that's when I usually wake up. And Sham Sharania may have reported a deal that DeLon Wright is being traded to the Nuggets for a second-round pick. And that could feel a lot different. We could feel a lot different about this and say, okay, Reggie was more of insurance, and now they got a different guy. I don't think that's what's going to happen, because if I had to think about the actual roster balance of what Denver's trying to put together, that would make them a little bit too small. and They might have too many resources now invested at smaller players. But what I do think that Denver is now going for, you want to build out the best playoff rotation that you possibly can. Maybe they didn't feel like they could do that. And so they decided we're going to get the best regular season point guard that we feel like we can afford. And you look around at the rest of the guys, you look around at the rest of the players, and that just may not happen. If we like, let me just go to, uh, let me just see if I can find the actual list that I was looking at before. Uh, just searching point guards. Kyrie Irving, Fred VanVleet, uh, D'Angelo Russell is still out there. We'll see what he actually gets. Uh, Austin Reeves is going to make too much. Russell Westbrook's still out there. So if you prefer Russell Westbrook, then that's fine. I don't really prefer Russell Westbrook. Uh, Gabe Vincent got $11 million, So that's not an efficient – that's not a way that Denver could have done it. There aren't that many point guards specifically that you can say Denver could have afforded on this market. Reggie Jackson's one of the only ones. And so that's where I'm going to give the front office the benefit of the doubt. The problem is is that I think you need a second ball handle in the playoffs so you can play along with Jamal. And I don't think that Denver has that guy on their roster right now, unless Reggie surprises me. And who knows? Maybe he can. Maybe he can. I want to throw out some names of potential misses. Guys that went for the taxpayer MLE or lower, because this is an important thing. I can say that I would have preferred somebody else, but here's where I'm actually going to say these are a couple, these are a couple names that you could say that they missed out on. I think that Dante DiVincenzo is going to get a larger contract than what Denver can afford, but he's currently unsigned. I would expect him to go to New York for the non-taxpayer MLE, so probably cross his name off this list. We could say Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon. Seth Curry, Josh Richardson, Torian Prince to kill Alexander Walker. You could say any of those guys. Now, you could also say, Ryan, how many of those guys actually handle the ball? How many of those guys do you actually trust to handle the ball and handle the the offense in the second unit during the regular season? You got me there. And that's one of the reasons why you have to consider Reggie. That's one of the reasons why he was 18th on my list was the actual retaining of a point guard, somebody who could run the offense a little bit does matter. Now, do I think I would prefer these guys in a playoff rotation over Reggie Jackson? I do. And that's why I'm including them here. Now, Eric Gordon could still come for the minimum. Patrick Beverly could still come for the minimum. But you can't offer them the taxpayer MLE now. And another team may decide to do that. So it is a chip that Denver is missing out on. It is a potential bite at the apple that Denver's missing out on to improve their roster as opposed to 
I think they got worse. I think they got worse today. And they were always probably going to get worse because Bruce Brown was going to leave. But I don't think they mitigated that at all. I think that what actually happened was Denver got really significantly worse from a playoff perspective. And I don't see where the answer is unless Peyton Watson or Christian Brown or Jalen Pickett, maybe, or Julian Strother, unless one of those guys really pops. And if they do, then great. Then more power to Calvin. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. But this is where I have questions. This is where I at least want to try to articulate that so that everybody knows, Ryan, you're not just criticizing the front office for no reason. I am trying to give them as much benefit as possible. Uh, But there are guys that they could have gotten that could handle ball at least a little bit or at least provide a different wrinkle. And these are the the guys that I'm thinking. So we'll see what Dante DiVincenzo does. We'll see what Patrick Beverly does. Eric Gordon would be interesting. Seth Curry is now gone. He's gone to Dallas. Uh, Josh Richardson's in Miami. Torian Prince is with the Lakers. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker went back to Minnesota. So we'll see if any of those guys would have actually come to Denver. They might have all said no. I don't know why they would say no, but they might have. So who knows? Like these, these are conversations that I'm not privy to. So I don't want to just sit here and say, oh, yeah, they could have gotten all these guys. They could have definitely done this. Maybe they tried. <laughs> I don't know. So we're going to find out. But that's just where my head is at. Jeff Green, definitely the next target for Denver. It would be a surprise right now if he wasn't the next target. I think that he's a guy that Denver trusts, obviously. They believe in his leadership. They believe in his ability to switch on defense. And there is a lot to like about just bringing him back as a stabilizer, given that they just lost Bruce. So we're going to find out. Do I think that he's a better player than Vlaco or Zeke right now? I don't know. And I think that you have to give Vlaco and Zeke a time to shine, at least a little bit. So we are going to see what they actually end up doing. But... I think that Jeff is at least looking at the rest of the market. I'm sure that teams like Atlanta, teams with cap space, are debating whether to give money to Jeff Green, the sage veteran, somebody who doesn't have to play all the time but still has something in the bag. Uh, So we're going to find out. We're going to find out whether Jeff is actually on team's radar or not, or if he just comes back to Denver for the minimum. They could offer him more. I don't think they're actually going to, but we'll see. All right. Who's on Denver's depth chart right now? Let's look at it. You got the point guards, Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson, and then Jalen Pickett, Colin Gillespie. I don't know where to put Jalen Pickett right now in the pecking order because if he was a full-time, I would definitely have him third. If he was a two-way, I'd definitely have him fourth. And I'd definitely say, yeah, Colin, given that he's been here for a year, probably gets the leg up over him. But I don't know. We're, we're going to find out. Shooting guard, KCP, Christian Brown, that has left unchanged. That's something that wasn't ever really in question. Like those are two great role players to have there. So not really concerned about that. Small forward, Peyton Watson, backing up Michael Porter Jr. Julian Strother also there. I could have Julian as a two, but I have him as a three. Uh, Just, I think the stability factor, it's more likely that Strother plays the three in my opinion. And if he was sharing the court with, let's say, KCP or Christian Brown, I would have Strother at the three personally. But Maybe that's not true. Maybe maybe he ends up playing the two a little bit more, but I like this. I like this Jeff chart. I think that this one looks pretty good. Power forward, you got Aaron Gordon, Vlaco Chanchar, Hunter Tyson. That one looks fine. If it had Jeff Green, I think it would look even better. Uh, just from a depth standpoint and, and understanding, look, you can give Aaron Gordon a day off here or there. Going with Vlaco Chanchar and Hunter Tyson in his place would be kind of tough. Uh, but maybe that's where Denver cuts it down to like a nine-man rotation and says, all right, Flacco, you're going to be the four. And then Michael Porter Jr. is the backup four, or Peyton Watson's the backup four. One of those guys might be a better fit immediately than Hunter Tyson, but you never know. Maybe Tyson improves himself. And then center, Nikola Jokic, Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan. This is how I have it. It might end up being DeAndre Jordan who plays over Zeke, but I got to be honest, if that happens, then they should have traded Zeke. That's that's a pretty not great indication of where Zeke is at, especially in a regular season depth chart. Like he he should be the guy that plays, that carries the burden there. And then DeAndre Jordan isn't the guy that has to play every night. 
you don't want him to play every night because he's going to wear down. Like you would rather have Zeke be out there being the more athletic guy, somebody who can switch a little bit, because I think the Denver's mentality with that group should be defend, rebound, run. And if you're switching everything, which I think makes a lot of sense with Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Vlako Chanchar, and Zeke Naji out there. Reggie Jackson, it feels a little bit different, but we'll talk about that. I think that that's a perfectly reasonable thing for Denver to do if that's what they end up doing. Um, Zeke, I'm, I'm certainly okay with as the backup five. It's not perfect, but it's just fine. All right. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to... Um, I was reading through the chat, not not a ton, but reading through the chat a little bit. Um, Jock Lando would be interesting in terms of a backup center option if he was at the minimum. It is kind of weird, I think, to have Zeke Naji then if you have Jock Lando. So maybe that's an indication that they would say, yeah, we would prefer Jock Lando as that primary backup. Uh, do I think that Jock is a better, more consistent backup five than Zeke? I don't know. Like, that's sticks and stones. Like, I think that Jock is more of an offensive guy. Zeke Najee would be more of a defensive guy, um, just in terms of his ability to switch and guard. Like, he is actually really good at it. So, not necessarily sure it would be the right call. Uh, let's go. Birdman says, Ryan Blackman for backup point guard, make it happen. You know, I would get so run off the court with these guys. <laughs> there would be no way, but I, that would be that would be hilarious. We are... We're really grasping at straws if we're going to me, guys. Let's let's at least go to Adam first, okay? Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to go over uh, the rest of free agency and what else is happening right now. And then I'll, I'll answer, answer some questions as well going forward. But first, this message from, if I can pull it up, Scott DeHuff. segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love of course uh, thank you so much for being here and hanging out on this particular day uh, not necessarily the perfect day i would say i think that the perfect day would have been bruce brown coming back uh, but yeah it is what it is like denver's got to figure that out it's it's a really tough part about repeating you're not always going to be able to keep all your guys other teams are going to try to poach you guys and them offering 20 plus million for Bruce Brown, it's just not something that Denver could do. Like, and it wouldn't have been a responsible thing for Denver to do, even if, like, Bruce Brown, even if he was like, yeah, hey, we could offer you 20 million, but not doing so. Like, I think Denver would have been in their, like, in their right to do that personally, but we're going to see. We're going to see what it looks like. Um. Todd Houston asks, so how many open roster spots does that leave us to? Uh, Denver technically has three. Uh, they currently have, uh, I'm not going to pull it up for you, but I'm going to pull it up for myself. Uh, they have 12 guys that are current, or 13 guys that are currently penciled into particular slots. 13 out of 18. Now, Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson, we do not know if they are going to be two-way contracts or full-time contracts. And if they are one or the other, like it, let's let's say let's say they are both two way contracts, then Denver has three open roster spots at their disposal. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think that what they're probably going to do, if I had to, if I had to guess, is they'll probably have Jeff Green, Jalen Pickett on a full time, Hunter Tyson on a two way, and then they will leave that third full time roster spot open. And then they'll also try to figure out who else to bring in on a two-way contract from Summer League, for example. Um, that would be my guess. And it would be a good way for them to stay relatively cheap. I don't know if that's the right decision. I don't know if that's what I would personally want them to do. I think what I'd personally want them to do is to trade for somebody with that traded player exception. Like That would be my ideal, to try to get somebody else for that bench that maybe crowds it just a little bit or um, 
and maybe, maybe crowds it just a little bit, but it would at least give them a little bit more stability and structure to what they're trying to do. That'd be my, my hope. Um, other questions here. Is there room for Jack White? I feel he still has potential to be a solid role player. There is room for him if that's what they want. Like, rather than keeping a roster spot open, they could just give Jack, Jack White a minimum. Has he earned that? Probably not. Um, just, just if I'm being fully honest here. Now, I, I'm okay with them giving it to Jack White if, if they feel like he is a good option for them. But I'm not sure that he's earned it in particular. I'm not sure that that makes a ton of sense. But uh, maybe maybe he's the guy that they go for. Maybe that's an interesting one to at least think about. Um, Truth Teller says, Ryan, do you think the Nuggets make a trade? Well, Miami is trading Victor Oladipo to OKC, as Shams just posted here. Um... Yeah, nothing crazy. Do I think Denver makes a trade? I'm just going to default to no. Like, I'm, I'm just going to default to that. I think that what the Nuggets need right now is not something that they're going to be able to solve with a trade. Now, I've floated this deal before. What about Cole Anthony for Zeke Naji or Cole Anthony into your uh, traded player exception? That to me makes sense. I'm not sure if it makes sense for Orlando, and it's something that they're even interested in considering. Like, they probably still think, hey, Cole Anthony is a part of our team. We like that idea. And it wouldn't be until Cole says, yeah, I do not want to be here for them to even really consider trading him. However, like, that's the kind of player that I'd be thinking about. He's a guy, uh, another couple of guys, Killian Hayes would be an interesting point guard type. Chetty Osman, just as another kind of veteran wing would make some sense, but it sounds to me like Denver doesn't really want to add a wing because they want a free pathway for Christian Brown and Peyton Watson to develop, which to me is very interesting. Like, I think in years past, Tim Connolly would have added a guy like Chetty Osman. He would have said, okay, you're available. We have the ability to get you. You're going to make the bench better just from a talent perspective. Sure, we'll do that. Calvin Booth, I think, is very calculating. He's very, like, he wants his guys to work out. And so what he's doing, instead of giving a fully stacked deck to Michael Malone of roster spots to work with, he is going to say, no, this is the proper pecking order that you should play these guys in. And we are going to play these guys. And this is how it is going to go. Because I'm not going to give you any other options. And whether that's correct or not, I don't know. Like, you got the right guys. And I think. Michael Malone is pretty happy with what Calvin Booth has done so far. Like, helped deliver him KCP and Christian Brown and Bruce Brown. So, like, I think he's going to trust what Calvin's vision is in a lot of different ways. But it just wouldn't surprise me if, like, Denver decides not to add various players on the wing, even if they thought that they could with that TPE, because they don't feel like it's necessary. They don't feel like it's going to make a massive difference for their team. And instead, they're just going to try to develop the young players that they have. I don't know if that's the right call, but to me, that's what the call is. And that's where Denver's probably going to go. They're probably not going to make a trade. And that is just what's going to happen. Um, CB says, DeLon Wright is the guy. Maybe. Like, he would be great. I don't think that Denver has the financial flexibility to take him, though. Because DeLon Wright makes about $8.8 million, and Denver is $9.6 million away from the super tax apron. So if they added DeLon Wright for purely that TPE, as well as a couple of minimum guys, then they would be over the super tax apron. Obviously, they can't do that now. It's like illegal to do that now because Reggie Jackson is signed to that taxpayer MLE. So I don't think that they signed Reggie to that deal while also adding DeLon Wright. To me, that doesn't make sense. Uh, maybe that does happen. Maybe their order of operations was off and they just decided to go through with it anyway because DeLon Wright's a good player. But I don't think that that's where their minds are at. I think that they're probably just going to let their guys go. And that's fine. Like It's not the direction that I would have gone initially, but that's fine. And Rui Ish Smith, I don't think that he's on the radar Maybe they add him back. Maybe if he's like, okay, you're getting a getting a veteran minimum. You're a stable option. We don't really have it for anybody else. That's fine. They do have four point guard-sized guys now with Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson, Colin Gillespie, 
and Jalen Pickett. So I doubt that they add a fifth. Uh, but you never know. Like maybe they decide that that's where the veteran voice can come from. But I think that that's how they believe Reggie will be. So we'll just have to see if that's actually what works. Who else? Um, any remaining free agent targets? Um, if I'm looking at, let me look at this list over here. Now, there's not a lot of open gaps here. There's a lot of guys that have already been signed up, that have already been taken. Uh, Yuta Watanabe was one of the guys that I thought would be interesting. I think he went to the Phoenix Suns on a veteran minimum to go join Kevin Durant, uh, which good for him. Like that, that's a good, that's a really good day for the Phoenix Suns. They added a lot of interesting depth pieces. Resigned Josh Okogi, Yuta Watanabe. They got through Eubanks, Damian Lee. Uh, they also got Kade Bates Diop, so nothing like crazy, but they filled out their their bench with various players that make a lot of sense. I don't think that there's anybody out there that I think makes sense for Denver on a minimum uh, that much. Like somebody could surprise me and add somebody in the comments, but I don't think that there's anybody that really makes sense right now. Um, Wenyan Gabriel, Mo Bamba, Todd Houston has a good good couple names here. Those will be interesting. I'd be perfectly fine with that. And then Thomas Bryant is also pretty reasonable as well. Like that, that'll be perfectly fine. All right. Austin Rivers, another name that you could potentially add. He'd be actually, that's an interesting one. I think he would probably play over Peyton Watson in a lot of configurations because they just moved Christian Brown to the three. But he'd be okay. Like Austin Rivers, I, I would I would definitely take him back. Like that would be a good depth piece to have as long as he's not ex- expecting to play consistently because between Reggie and Austin Rivers, like they probably have to pick one of those guys because I'd prefer to play Christian Brown and Peyton Watson over Austin Rivers for sure. Uh, but who knows? Like maybe that's maybe that's a good call. Maybe it's not. And then uh, Todd, word on Thomas Bryant. So like I'm sure that other teams are also interested in him, but because Denver just added DeAndre Jordan back, I think he was the choice there. I don't think that they're going to add both Thomas Bryant and DeAndre Jordan is my my expectation. Just carrying three centers just doesn't make a ton of sense, especially if neither of them is like a like neither of those backups behind Nikola Jokic is a consistent option. So maybe he becomes that and maybe they decide that, but he would have to take the minimum. And I just don't know if he's going to do that. Um, Jalen McDaniels would make some sense. Dennis Smith Jr., again, like Dennis Smith Jr., you run into the fact that you chose Reggie Jackson. So you're probably not going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. to be your fifth point guard sized player. That would be my, like, that's the, the main thing there. Although Dennis Smith, great defender. He could be a really cool on-ball defender to have. So if you're looking for the playmaking from Reggie Jackson and the defensiveness of Dennis Smith Jr., maybe there's something there. Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. I have Dennis Smith Jr. 19th on my 25 free agent list. I had Reggie Jackson 18th, right over the top of them. 17th was Willie Hernan Gomez via trade, so maybe that happens. That would be cool. Um, all right, let's, let's go to the main stuff. Let's go to the main other things that happened today. I want to touch on some of them. Most important free agent moves made around the NBA today. You had a lot of big contracts stay put. You had Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving. That saga was weird. Um, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, Kyle Kuzma, Cam Johnson. Notably not on that list is Brooke Lopez. He's somebody that I'd at least monitor a little bit, uh, whether he's going to go to Houston, whether he's going to go back to Milwaukee. I think that he's taking his time trying to leverage as much money out of Milwaukee as possible. The Houston Rockets are the Houston leverages right now. They did just pay a whole bunch of money to Fred Van Vliet, though, and that's kind of cool. But yeah, Draymond Green, he was always going to stay with Golden State, leverage the Kings, that's for sure. Kyrie Irving stays. Chris Middleton stays. Jeremy Grant, that contract is interesting because if you think about what Portland can do now, what's the move that keeps Damian Lillard in Portland? Somebody tell me. Like I'm, I'm very curious as to what your thoughts are on how Damian Lillard is going to stay in Portland. Like, What's going to bring them their best chance for success? How are they going to upgrade over Yusuf Nurkic? How are they going to upgrade over Anthony Simons? 
I think their plan is to start Shade and Sharp at the three. That doesn't seem like a smart idea. Um, they are a team that is ripe for rebuilding, and yet they just gave Jeremy Grant $160 million guaranteed. And Damian Lillard still has a bunch of money, and he wants to, them to trade Scoot Henderson. Maybe he does. Maybe, maybe they end up doing that, and maybe they decide, all right, we can piece together some contracts. We can figure out how to get Scoot Henderson to, I don't know, maybe down Chicago for Zach Levine. Like, that's that's the name that keeps popping up for me. Uh, but it's not going to be James Harden. Like, we're, we're doubtful on that. Uh, it's probably not going to be, I don't know, there's, there's not a lot of other great names. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Let's see what the comments say. Uh, Embiid, Embiid and Zion are two of them. That's an interesting one. Uh, Stefan says Zion. Um, trade Embiid to Portland. Embiid is the one where I'm... I, I actually think it's going to go the other way. I think that the most likely scenario, and I said this on the pod last night, I think, was that a three-team trade manifests between the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Sixers, where the Clippers get Harden, the Blazers get stuff from the Clippers, whether it's young guys, whether it's draft picks, whether it's other veterans where they can stay competitive, and then the Sixers get Lillard. I kind of think that that makes sense. I kind of think it. I'm not sure if I fully think it, but there's something to there's something to it. Like I, I don't know what's actually going to happen there, but because like there's just no great scenario for Damian Lillard to get like like for the Blazers to get the actual return on investment that they should deserve, that they do deserve to get for a player of Lillard's stature, who's like a borderline top ten player right now. But it's just not manifesting. So they're probably going to get, like, if, if it's not this deal, then they're probably going to just accept a Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, couple firsts, maybe Nikola Jovic, and a couple swaps, and that's about it. Like, that's that's what you're going to get uh, because nothing else is really manifesting. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out what it actually moved, what it actually means uh, that Jerry Grant is staying. But, like, that to me doesn't move the needle. Kyle Kuzma staying with Washington. That was where he could get the most money, so he got the most money. My guess is that he will be in consistent trade rumors over like after this season. Like he'll be in consistent trade rumors from Washington for another team that needs a combo forward. Like that's just gonna happen. And then Cam Johnson got paid. Good for him. Like he's a good shooter, deserves it. I'm not a good shooter. He's a great shooter who deserves that contract. But also, like, what's Brooklyn doing? Like maybe they're the team that tries to pony up for Lillard, but who are they going to move? Like they can't move Cam Johnson now. They're not going to move Mikael Bridges. They prefer not to move Nick Claxton. What else can they send out? I don't know. So we'll figure it out. Biggest change of scenery, guys. Fred Van Vliet goes to Houston. $43 million. That's a crazy number. Uh, $43 million is just this, this nuts number that uh, very few players get paid that ever. He is the 13th ranked player in terms of per year salary right now. And that's Fred Van Vliet. Like he's, he's made, I think, one all-star game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, good for him. Like deserves every bit of money that he can possibly get. But I don't think that like Houston is going to be a better team. I'm not sure that they're actually going to compete. Like, I think the only team that's not really going to try to get into the play in is San Antonio. But Victor Wembanyama is going to naturally do some things for them that are pretty fun. So, Fred VanVleet, can he elevate that group? We'll find out. We will see. Uh, Bruce Brown goes to Indiana, as we've already discussed. He will help Indiana. He'll probably start at the two, maybe the three for them. I'm not sure what Benedict Matherin is going to do. He was one of their previous top draft picks. They also drafted Jairus Walker. Um, and then they have Miles Turner and, and Tyrese Halliburton. So, that would be my expectation for them. It's either... Benedict Matherin or Buddy Heald, who starts at the two, and then Bruce Brown probably starts at the three, and they just try to make that work. But that to me is a playing team. That's not a that's not a great roster still. And they, they have so many other guys that are Bruce Brown's size, like Andrew Nemhard and Aaron Meesmith and uh, different types of players that have like that always kind of go through there. They did trade Chris Duarte to Sacramento, so maybe that's something that frees up, but they're just not big enough. 
So we'll we'll see what they ultimately end up doing. Other guys, though, Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince. Both of those guys go to the Lakers. They basically split the MLE, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not a bad deal. Or actually, oh, I think uh, Torian Prince was a biannual exception guy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Gabe Vincent goes for non-taxpayer MLE, which is a good value. Not necessarily like the perfect guy because I think they wanted Bruce Brown for that contract. Decidedly, don't get Bruce Brown for that contract. And like Gabe Vincent is probably not going to be a starter for them, but he could start. Like if you told me that Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Rui Hachimura started for them next season, it's probably a fifty-win team. It's probably pretty good. It's not great. Like it's not quite to where Denver's going to be. I think Denver's going to be at like fifty-five to fifty-seven wins. Be my expectation, but it is a top four to five team in the West now. So good for them for being able to capitalize on that. They're probably going to lose D'Angelo Russell, but I would be shocked if that actually like makes a difference for them. D'Angelo is not very good. Like he's just not impacting winning. Gabe Vincent could absolutely do the same thing for him. Joe Ingles goes to Orlando for $11 million a year. I had predicted that he would come to Denver for the taxpayer MLE. Obviously, that didn't happen. He got an actual like significant contract. Like He got from Orlando in one year, what he'd get from Denver in two. So good for him. Like he's a 36-year-old. Go get that money. Uh, and Stefan mentions that they get Reddish. Um, they also have Vando as well, says Todd. So good, interesting players for sure. Um, but not necessarily like this massive payday for them. Like they didn't elevate themselves into Denver's tier. That to me... Denver's still alone in their tier, despite the fact that they lost Bruce. Javon Carter goes to Chicago. Another team that, like, had some curious moves. Like, Javon Carter's a good player, but why didn't they just pick up Ayo DeSumo? Why didn't they just re-sign him and try to pay him? Like, they, they re-signed Kobe White, but they didn't re-sign Ayo DeSumo. So, maybe he's a guy that Denver could have gotten for that taxpayer Emily. I doubt, I doubt it. Like that that doesn't really make much sense to me. Like he's probably going to find some sort of money somewhere. But like he's a good player. I, I would have loved Ayo. Um Georgia's Nian goes to Cleveland. Josh Richardson goes back to where it all began for him in Miami. Uh some good moves and good change of scenery guys that could potentially do some interesting things with new teams, but not a lot of centers there. Not a lot of centers uh being valued. So kind of interesting to see Nikola Jokic win a title. Uh, Joel Embiid win a uh, MVP this last year. And a lot of teams just not really investing in the center market because maybe they feel like it's futile. So Denver has to take advantage of that. They have to stay big. That's just the way that they are going to continue winning titles is dominating on the inside. Sorry, there's fireworks going on. I've got my heater going off. Uh, not heater, the AC going off. There's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of noises going on in this apartment. My fault. Um, shit, it's not my fault. Big winners of today. I wonder who uh, who do you guys think are the big winners? Who do you guys think are the teams that won the day? I think that the Suns, with all of the players on the fringes that they added, makes some sense. I think that the Lakers did pretty well for what they had. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily great. Um, Fred Van Vliet, good winner, good winner right there from Stefan. Um, Jeremy Grant, good winner as well. Uh, although it's spelled J-E-R-A-M-I. Uh, Indiana, big winner for getting Bruce Brown. Like, good guys, like, really appreciate them for stepping up to the plate and playing, paying Bruce. Uh, T-Wolves. T-Wolves to Stefan. That's an interesting one. I'm not sure that the T-Wolves are a winner. They did do some things. Like, they got Troy Brown Jr., I know. They got Nikhil Alexander-Walker for a pretty reasonable amount of money. What else did they do? I'm, I'm trying to trying to see what they did here. Um, They got those two guys. They also got Shake Milton. That's another one. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I can absolutely see them. I couple bites at the apple with Alexander Walker, with Milton, a couple ball handlers that may develop as young guys going forward next to Anthony Edwards. I still think that they're like, they need a cat trade, but like, if you tell me that they won 48 games next year, 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's just kind of the nature of the West is that any of these teams could be good. They're all probably going to be fine. Um, Nas Reed has, has, and he counts as well. That's a that's a good point from effing the ineffable. Um, Cavs are also being mentioned here. That's a, a definitely interesting one. Cavs are like, like they've got is it Max Struess that they're trying to get right now? Is that the the shooter that they're trying to add to their team as well as George's Niang? Good shooters. That's what you can do when you have Jared Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Uh, they don't really have great perimeter defense, so that's something to at least monitor with them. But uh, if they have that interior rim protection, then they'll probably be okay. But they do need to space the floor. That was a, a nightmare of a first-round series to watch with them and New York in this last playoffs. Like, just just disgusting basketball. So hopefully uh, hopefully they can figure that out. Now, conversely, who are the big losers? Who are who's everybody thinking is the big losers for today? Because I think Denver has at least a... They have at least uh, an option for them. Like it, I don't know if they're the big losers because they were always going to lose Bruce Brown, but I don't think that they did anything too crazy in order to make up for that, obviously. like Reggie isn't fantastic in terms of a, a really great option there. <laughs> We've got uh, two comments here, Denver and Nuggets. That uh, very, very good stuff. Uh, Heat saying are, are the big losers. I'm not sure if that's true. I I think that yes, the Heat lost some guys, but if they're losing Max Struess and they're losing Gabe Vincent, they did get Josh Richardson back as one of those guys that had success with them. That's really what their identity is. If they still trade for Damian Lillard, which is really a possibility, then we're gonna like that's that's perfectly fine for them. That's a, a really good day. Um, I think Toronto is one team that's probably a big loser. You lose Fred Van Vliet, but you sign Jakob Pertl to a $20 million per year contract, and then you sign Dennis Schroeder as kind of a placeholder for him in your starting lineup. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, it's not not perfect, but, like, you're, you're using your non-taxpayer MLE to fill your starting point guard position. That's not great to me. Um, I think they're probably a team that's ripe for a teardown at some point. You'd want to trade Pascal Siakam. You want to trade OG Ananobi because they just don't really have a pathway to get much better than where they are right now, which is not a great team. So at least got to be worried about that one for sure. Um, Other losers on today. We'll see what the Bucks end up doing. They lost Javon Carter. They lost Joe Ingles. We don't know what Brooke Lopez is going to do. That's a team that I'm watching. Like, are you going to lose Brooke Lopez as well and then try to fill him in with Bobby Portis? That's pretty scary. And then you've got $40 million committed to – or actually, it's, it's not quite 40 but it's it's a high number committed to Chris Middleton. We will see whether they actually continue with that or not. But I don't know. I would be worried if I were a, if I were a Bucks fan. That, to me, seems like a, a pretty tough spot from a youth and development and, and – upward mobility standpoint uh, outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is now getting older and he's got to, he's got to be important as well. Like that's going to be, that's going to be something to watch. So, okay. Not too much else to go over here before we get out of here. What still needs to happen? Brooke Lopez is a guy. Denver's going to have to figure out their stuff. I think they, they probably can't just like, if they just do Jeff Green, and a minimum contract, I think I'd be pretty disappointed with how this offseason played out entirely because Denver didn't take any swings to try to get significantly better. Especially in the draft, they added 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds, nothing like in terms of an upside with those guys. And then you let Bruce Brown go, like not let him go, but he walks away from the offer that you're making him. And rather than replacing him with a comp, not a comp, Rather than replacing him with a dynamic two-way guard that you could try to get via trade or be a, be a free agency, if you just stick it out with Reggie, I think it lowers Denver's ceiling. Like, I still think that they're the best team. I still think that they're the team to beat because they have the best starting lineup in the NBA. But that's still something that you've got to figure out, and you're, you're going to take some time. So that, to me, is the big domino to fall. Other than Brooke Lopez, Denver's got to do something. 
D'Angelo Russell, Christian Wood, Dylan Brooks, Dante DiVincenzo. Like, there are some other names out there. Austin Reeves will go back to the Lakers, but we're going to have to figure it out. And we will figure it out together. So, folks, I think that is going to do it. Um, I think that is going to do it. Yeah, we are we are basically out of here now. Let's get to that background music. Here we go. Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Gone for an hour. Really appreciate everybody for hopping in here. Got a nice bump and chat tonight. Uh, thank you so much for everything. Really appreciate all the support, all the love on the coverage. Go check out the articles on Mile High Sports. I'll probably do a more, a, a larger retrospective on this offseason at some point, but I am thinking about that. I'm thinking about all the layers, and we'll have plenty of long-term thoughts and plenty of time to cover them over the course of the rest of this offseason. Should be good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll talk to you guys very soon.